We had two bags of grass, 75 pellets of mescaline, five sheets of high-powered blotter acid, a salt shaker half full of cocaine, a whole galaxy of multicolored uppers, downers, screamers, laughers, also a quarter tequila, quarter rum, case of beer, pint of raw ether, two dozen amyl. Not that we needed all that for the trip, but once you get locked into a serious drug collection, the tendency is to push it as far as you can. analysis today we have another thrilling addition to the uh, podcast a segment that has been just sweeping the nation like wildfire and that is a case for today i got a couple of friends of mine friends of ours a couple of made men in the city of denver mike hammond and jordan harris welcome back guys thank you happy to be back by uh, popular demand lots of demand you guys people people just buying these off the shelves these episodes these these segments man and uh ratings are way up so yeah lots of great feedback on the uh the norton uh conversation so that was good yeah lots of feedback from you on your own work a lot of (laughs) self-reflection listening to yourself back you know uh, some some actors won't watch their own uh films i only listen to my own podcast pretty much so yeah yeah. i'm I'm all about myself Yeah. yeah Yeah. Uh, speaking of an actor that refuses to watch the dailies or uh, any premiere of his own work, the person we're going to be making a case for or against today is Mr. Johnny Depp. Guys, Johnny, Johnny Depp, huh? Friggin' Depp. Yeah, this was a wild one. And uh, let's do a shot out of a cannon. Uh, so, of course, with case four, we do like to keep it structured. So today we're going to be talking about each of our two favorite Johnny Depp movies or performances. I leave that up to you guys to decide how you want to take that. Uh, our two least favorite Johnny Depp movies are performances, uh, an underrated performance that we think, and then we're going to do some alternative casting uh, parts that we think Johnny Depp would have fit really well into. But to get us started, I just want to ask you guys a shot out of a cannon, first impressions of Mr. Depp and uh, y- your approach to this evening's conversation. Yeah, I see what you did there. Uh, shout out of the cannon. That's a little bit of a uh, foreshadowing, I think, maybe of something that might come up. But okay, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, man, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp's kind of a enigma to me. He's a a guy that I've had a hard time sort of distilling my thoughts to uh, find the words to describe his career and how I view him as an actor. Um, and as you guys know. I'm not one for uh, diving into the personal lives of actors very much. I like to appreciate their work, and I don't really care much for what they do in their personal lives. But yeah. I think you kind of have to um, understand how ridiculous of a human being Johnny Depp seems to be to like <laughs> to correlate that with his career to make sense of it a little bit. So as much as I always try to avoid that, when I was looking through his filmography, I had to just be like, Man, a lot of this can only be explained by the fact that, like, he spends $30,000 a month on wine. Yeah, like, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. These decisions he's making <laughs> yeah. are, are so, not based on acting. And that's that's really funny you said that, Jordan. The first thing that came up to my mind when, when diving into research for him was it was the easiest to uh, – the easiest I've had – for my uh, best two and also the easiest I've ever had making my decisions for my worst two. 
And he almost kind of lives his life uh, at this point in his career, Nick Cage style, where he's just trying to pay bills. So he's, he's taking <laughs> weird projects, yeah. which is incredibly ironic because Nick Cage was the guy who got him into acting. Oh, that's oh right. yeah. It was like a chance were, encounter thing, right? Wasn't he? Wasn't yeah, Johnny like, Depp like a they, pen like, salesman? Like a party in Melrose Beach or something. And he was like, oh man, I think he'd be a really good actor. And got him in touch with his agent. And uh, the rest is history. That's how he ended up getting uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and, and um, Platoon and stuff was by Nick Cage's agent. So just a couple of weird dudes, uh, but a couple yeah. of guys with financial problems that. Uh, you know, have bills to pay. So, uh, Hammond, do you have well, any uh, first impressions with, with Depp before we get into the structure? Yeah, yeah, this might not make any sense, but to me it's like Johnny Depp has earned, I think, his money and fame and notoriety and at the same time, like, doesn't fully deserve it. Uh, like, he's made some really uh, good decisions on movies he's made, but, like, none of them are nearly as good as I thought they were in retrospect, which is really the big takeaway for me with this. So I actually thought, oh, it, was, okay. I actually thought it was a lot harder to pick his two bad and two good movies because a lot of it just blends together and it's hard to separate the movies and like kind of our age when we watch them from from if they're good or not that's why watching them backwards again was a bit weird well when you take a look at the career in, in whole it's it's really remarkable the variety that he's done right right uh, and it's and he's he's you can't deny how versatile he is uh and and especially early on he becomes this in the 80s the late 80s this heartthrob and, and completely kind of and that was the that was the, the the appeal of johnny depp especially in the early 2000s was this was a guy that could have easily become a leading man and kind of pl- played all those beats uh almost tom cruise style but like bucked all that uh and really surprised audiences with his choices in movies and 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 then in his performances uh, and it was kind of cool. It was like, oh, here's this outsider and this guy mm-hmm. that's kind of like stick it to the man, and I'm not gonna be a product. And like, and then he ends up kind of going down those roads anyway. But uh, let's let's get into the filmography here to kind of give us a a, a platform to start. So uh, in his movies, it's very interesting actually. Twenty six of his movies have been certifiably fresh on Rotten Tomatoes and 26 rotten. So he's right down the middle, 50-50 in terms of uh, good and bad movies, unless at least critically acclaimed. Um, but he started in 1984. Uh, Nick Cage, his agent, got him Nightmare on Elm Street. He played some guy who gets eaten by a bed uh, very early in the movie. Uh, then in 1986, he has a very small part in the movie Platoon. And uh, in 1990, he gets Crybaby, and then in 1990, he meets a, a an act or a director that he's going to end up having a long relationship with. But that's Tim Burton, and he does Edward Scissorhands. In 1993, he does Benny and June. 93, he also did What's Eating Gilbert Grape. 94, he does Ed Wood again with Mr. Burton. Uh, then Dead Man, Don Juan DeMarco, Donnie Brasco in 1997. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, 98. Ninth Gate, 99. Sleepy Hollow, 99. Astronaut's Wife, Before Night Falls, Chocolat. Uh, Blow in 2001, getting into our high school years there. Uh, From Hell in 2001, Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl in 2003. That's one that you got a star. Uh, Secret Window, 2004. (laughs) Finding Neverland, 2004. 
uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, 2005, Corpse Bride, uh, then a couple more Pirates of the Caribbean's movies, Dead Man's Chest, At World's End, uh, then Sweeney Todd, The Demon Barber of Fleet Street, 2007, Public Enemies, uh, 2009, uh, The Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus, he filled in for one of Heath Ledger's uh, parts in that, uh, so he did that in 2009, donated all of his check to the, the family of Heath Ledger, which was really nice. Uh, and then Alice in Wonderland, 2010, The Tourist, 2010, Rango, 2011, animated uh, gecko movie, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean again, then The Rum Diary, Dark Shadows, Lone Ranger, now we're getting into Poopsville, uh, Transcendence, Into the Woods, Mordecai, <laughs> bad Black run. Mass, bad, bad run. Yoga Hosers, <laughs> yes, uh, Alice Through the Looking Glass, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man, Tell No Tales, Murder on the Orient Express, and uh, this year he has a movie coming out, City of Lies, where he is investigating the murders of Tupac Shakur and Biggie Smalls. So that is at least a place for us to get started. Now we know the filmography here. Uh, Guys, we'll start with Mike Hammond. Let's talk about our roses. Let's talk about our two favorite Johnny Depp performances first. And uh, Hammond, take it away. Number one, I'm going to go with Ed Wood, Out of the Gate. Okay, uh, so Ed Wood, 1994, collaboration, uh, second collaboration with him and uh, Mr. Burton. Yeah, 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 and I, just for me with that, just with these Depp performances, he, he does a lot of these weird biopics that are sometimes biopics, sometimes they're kind of a mixture between biopic and fantasy and fiction and all kinds of stuff, and this is just the best mold I think he's done of, of combining kind of goofy, irreverent, like weird Johnny Depp stuff with an interesting story and a character that's that's redeeming in some ways. And he just seems to be a little more natural in this one than some of the other ones where he's forced. So I think that's where I just immediately thought it was my favorite performance that he had. Yeah, uh, this actually, in terms of his his fresh movies, is the highest rated, his, his most critically acclaimed movie at 92%. Uh, it also, uh, there was a bunch of, it was nominated for Best Picture back in the time where only five movies were nominated for Best Picture. I know he was nominated for a Golden Globe for it. Uh, and Martin Landau, uh, I believe, won the Oscar for this movie. So it was it was very, uh, very well received. Um, I just, again, his approach, and, and, and this is just such a weird movie for a dude who's starting to blow up you mm-hmm. know edward scissorhands was a massive movie like a ton of people went to see it you could go any which way with it and he goes back to burton who's also starting to blow up at the same time they're both starting to see a lot of traction in their career uh burton had had the batman movies a little bit before that but it's like and then they do this weird world's worst director like offbeat comedy in black and white cross-dressing uh, and it's just like, what what a weird choice, but also one of his, easily his best performances, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, Johnny Depp, he talks about, he's a really interesting guy because he talks about his uh, um, approach and how he, he takes outside images or just things that he's kind of uh, uh, seen and taken in over time. And then he pieces them together t- to make a character. So this character, he said he... He wanted to play him with the blind optimism of Ronald Reagan, and <laughs> and Ronald Reagan's politics, uh, but then and also like the the enthusiasm of the Tin Man, and then um and and then uh, he also wanted to play him like Casey Kasem, the hmm. the, the rated DJ like I'm Casey well, Kasem. Yeah, yeah, and he's very like his face is super all over. He's like very visual and 
active. He's like all over the place in the movie. And it's, he's kind of a con man and like unlikable, but you kind of make you like him a little bit. And, and it's definitely interesting to watch him in, in that kind of context. Plus, it's kind of a Burt movie that's that's weird, but a different kind of weird than his other Burt movies, and that, which is this is different. But I'd rather have the Ed Wood kind of weird than like the Alice in Wonderland. Uh, Charlie, Charlie well, that's Factor. a really yeah, good yeah, yeah. point. I agree with that's, you. The weirdness and, works in that movie yes. as opposed to being a distraction. Right, but it fits Depp well, yeah. and I think he does a good job on it. Yeah, I always like Johnny Depp. I call him blue jeans Johnny Depp versus uh, like costume like costume Johnny Depp almost mm-hmm. where like some of his characters they make Halloween costumes off of them and then some of his characters he's wearing like a jean jacket and just like brown pants. He's just a regular guy. And I always appreciate the regular guy performances, even though I, I kind of marvel at the creativity and, and you know, it, 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 it does make for very interesting watch when he kind of goes off and does certain things but overall it's like oh it's like that's the same guy it's very interesting to me that the same guy that played gilbert in gilbert grape and just kind of goes mm-hmm. oh that's my brother arnie yeah mm, i'm gonna go pick up the milk uh can also just transform into like uh charlie the the willy wonka stuff that he does and it's just very interesting but i i do prefer the other way the, yeah the... and i think that's a great point it's something that uh um, I really appreciate about his style as well is that especially early on in his career he was taking you guys touched on this but he was taking all these different uh, roles but he always kind of plays them in a sort of subdued way a little bit he's not like a, a loud in your face overly dramatic actor he's yeah. not Jim Carrey but he's also not like I don't know Daniel Day Lewis he's not screaming at the top of his lungs and uh, you know, not to discredit those performances, but what Johnny Depp does really well is just, I think he's hes very subtle. He's like and a slow and steady guy. It's like a slow and steady performance always, whatever that character is. And there's definitely a skill in that. He's not boring. He's subtle. Um, and, I, and I just always, I, I realized that when I was re-watching re- a lot of his uh, movies that it was something that I really appreciated. Yeah. Cool. So uh, Hammond on the board there with with Ed Wood, which is uh, a very great choice, and, and to get us to, to get us started with. Uh, how about you, Harris? You're uh, you're number one, Johnny Depp. Yeah, uh, I had Ed Wood as well. So oh okay. Um, Let's go to your number two then. Number two, Finding Neverland. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, both of those movies actually. Ed Wood and Finding Neverland were movies that I watched, uh, you know, as they came out. And enjoyed, but I guess over the years, I kind of just, uh, you know, I thought like, oh, I like that movie, but it wasn't something that really stuck with me. And I rewatched them uh, in preparation for this cast. And both of those, when I rewatched them, I was like, man, I, I really enjoy this movie. It's really good. It's actually better than I remembered it being. Um, and that's definitely true with Ed Wood. Finding Neverland uh, is also, I think, really good. There's something about. Um, just well, the he's magic. also played more of a real person too. It's more of a real person. Yeah. Role. Well, yeah. yeah. So for anyone that might not know or or remember, Finding Neverland was the movie that he made where he was. What was the name of the author? James Barry or what was the 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 guy yeah. who wrote Peter Pan? James and Barry, yeah. So and and it's a very it's a quiet English drama where he's kind of taken i wouldn't say taken in but forms a relationship with kate winslet and her family uh and 
he kind of gets inspired uh, to, to do it, and, and she's ill, uh, and he, he kind of starts playing with the kids to, to lift their spirits, and it, it's a very sweet movie. And again, yeah, it's a very, like, it's, it's very quiet uh, and uh, very affecting drama. I, I, I really liked him in this a lot. He was nominated for an Oscar for this as well. I didn't know that. Yeah, and I, I just think when you've seen other movies uh, kind of in this vein, Hugo's one that kind of jumps out to me, where they kind of celebrate the uh, magicalness, if that's even a word, of um, imagination and of, like, theater or of movies. Um and it's always just kind of like inspiring and kind of makes you feel young again type of thing to like imagine Peter Pan and imagine what the guy uh, who wrote Peter Pan, like where he drew his inspiration from. So it's always fun to see that. Um, I also have to throw this in there because I'm always nitpicky about this stuff. But, uh, you know, I watch these movies that are based on real people and then I read about it and it turns out that like basically nothing None of in that true. movie is true. Yeah. Jane <laughs> yeah. Barry's oh, kind right. of based on true story. Yeah. Jane Inspired Barry, like, true events. you know, it's nobody knows for sure, but might have been a huge creep. Uh, definitely, they took. <laughs> but yeah, they, no, they, he's they just this really like, nice guy that hangs in the park with kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah Redford kid stories. Yeah, in real life, half those kids killed themselves probably because Jane Barry was like molesting them. Oh, weirdo. But you know, it's a good movie nonetheless, I guess. Yeah, man, you gotta, you know, you gotta make it so people are, you know, happy at the end there, Jordan. So, in real, we know real life is also a, a, a terrible, awful mess. But he, he's got some movies that that prove that fact as well. So, yeah, actually, uh, Depp. This was the second time Depp had been nominated for an Oscar. Uh, the other two, um, and he he hadn't been nominated until two thousand four. Uh, first was uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Jack Sparrow, and then this movie, and then Sweeney Todd in two thousand eight. So, so night two thousand four, two thousand five was a big time for Depp. Big time. Cool. Sweeney um, Todd nomination is a was a handout. Yeah, yeah, he was fifth, he definitely fifth string in that 2008 class there. <laughs> uh, I I don't mind Sweeney Todd. Uh, anyway, uh, so my first one um, that I had was uh, Edward Scissorhands. So uh, and I you know I just know I, I just if I if I gotta pick the the iconic Depp, uh, I just, I really appreciate him in this movie. Uh, he, it's almost like silent movie acting when he does this. And uh, I, I, I love the story of John, and you know, we're suburban kids. So the, the satire of just uh, suburban life, uh, suburban conformity, uh, the, the, subtleness in which he has to to, to play it and and also just the, the specificity of the choices that he made because this one he wanted to play with the uh and i always just like like listening to johnny depp's process so he wanted to play it uh like a puppy like uh like a puppy that uh he if you scold the puppy it'll go and cower in the corner but you know whenever you come back to it uh positively it comes back to you with unconditional love and he kind of did he, he he talked about that and he also talked about the the movements of the tin man with this movie and, and, and how like he was half man, half machine. So he had those little steps and, 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 and all that kind of lens for a very nice overall uh, character choice. Uh, but just, yeah, for, for a guy kind of coming on the scene uh, and make it, that's it, to me still iconic depth. Uh, I just have always had a very soft spot for scissor hands. What do you guys feel about that? Bob, when was the last time you saw it? Uh, I actually watched it this week in preparation for it. Yeah, and you still really enjoyed it? 
Uh, I I guess because me and you go back to all the time, uh, the place in which you first saw it. Mm-hmm. So you know, we talk about the state of mind when you saw it. So I probably saw it in the early '90s when I was a kid, um, and it was just kind of it's it's an innovative movie, man. And that's I I still appreciate it. I I don't know if I would love it as much if I saw it for the first time today, but you know. Hollywood recycles the same stuff. Like if I saw yeah. a movie like this today, I would still feel very refreshed because it's original, it's innovative, and it the story's pretty simple. I'll say that, and it does have a very Hollywood ending, but I I do appreciate the fresh approach. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I I my feelings are basically exactly the same. I mean, when I looked at the when we first started talking about doing this uh this podcast on Johnny Depp and I looked at the filmography my first thought was oh Edward Scissorhands as best movie no question and that was the first movie of his that I rewatched. Um, and I hadn't seen it in a long time and I remember just absolutely loving that movie and when I rewatched it I was kind of like oh man it's, it's not that compelling of a movie to me at least anymore uh, like you said I still absolutely appreciate the uh, originality of it um and the fact that, you know, Depp and Burton made this movie. And it's it's not a bad movie by any means, but I, going through it again, I just kind of, I don't know. It just didn't really hit me on any kind of uh, deeper level. And then the ending is really out of place with the whole rest of the movie, actually, which... Um, yeah, the the back third kind of takes an odd turn. Yeah, the third um, act and is then, weird. Yeah, uh, but I, I still, you know, there's those iconic moments and you, you talk about, like, you know, how they kind of, like, dress him up to look suburban. And he's got those, like, the, the white button up and the, the overalls. And, you know, as he's kind of, as he's kind of rejecting it all at the end and he starts to clip away and shred that shirt up and stuff. It's just a really uh, cool symbolism, I guess. But we also you know, had, the, had the benefit of seeing 40 other Tim Burton projects come down the pipe. And so it, it doesn't. It, you know, it doesn't yeah. hit the same way because it's, you know, now that style's almost been recycled. Right, but right. at the time when you first saw it, nothing ever looked like that. Yeah. Nothing, you know. And but that world really, creating was, it's such a bizarre, like, fairy tale, like, like 21st century fairy, fairy tale world that he created there that, that works and it looks, looks interesting and Johnny Depp looks the part. You can see how yeah, Burton and Depp had this relationship through all these years because... Depp just seems to be the perfect kind of guy for his visual style of directing, and he can kind of fit anything. It's probably the best example with scissor hands, I think. And I think when Burton came on the scene and he first started making these kind of visually weird movies, but they were good movies that people enjoyed, it was probably just insanely refreshing, and people loved it. Um, and I think that was definitely the case for me at the time. Yeah, yeah so you would say, like, so when you go through this exercise, are you saying you're more kind of that it doesn't hit you the same way so you would you would take it down off of a list or or do you kind of do the nostalgia piece and you're like oh this is just my go-to kind of because i wrestle with that too when we're making these lists yeah i mean hammond touched on this a little bit earlier too and i think for some reason coincidentally or not depp's early movies um are all well received and well reviewed but he seemed to be able to like tap into something that was like very relevant at the time and people really connected to, and I'm almost not sure that uh, those movies have been able to like stand the test of time. So when I was rewatching all these Depp movies, um, that's kind of why I bumped 
Edward Scissorhands for Ed Wood because Ed Wood to me still felt really fresh and engaging, and Scissorhands just didn't. Yeah, the TNT rewatchability on a couple of these, and that is, you know, that is something that is an award you can give away, but yeah, there's not as much rewatchability into it, and I think a lot of that comes down to the story itself. But also the performance of Depp, and to he's he really in a few of his parts portrays so much with very little uh, dialogue to say, but expresses so much in the face and in the eyes and in the body, and that you know for me just in terms of of acting, I I like to to give that extra points. I yeah. give that additional cred. I guess. Yeah, it totally goes back that. to the uh, best performance versus best movie. I guess to be yeah. that we that we keep bringing up. Yeah, so, but I think you yeah. tapped into something though when you asked Jordan about like these weird things you run into with assessing these movies. Something being iconic matters. I think. I don't think Edward Scissorhands would be as high for me, but when you think of Johnny Depp, it's hard not to immediately think of that movie. That means something for that performance, yeah. uh, even if it doesn't hold up or whatever. There's a reason why everyone what, eight out of ten people could tell you who was in that movie, right, who the lead actor was if they're in, in their 30s, I would think. That means something. Yeah. yeah, like Bob's saying, and it was also the first one, right? You've seen Johnny Depp now play eccentric, weird characters ten different mm-hmm. times. Yeah. And so but it kind of... that was the first one. Yeah. That was 30 years ago, almost. Oh, yeah. It was in 1990. So it maybe dilutes the original performance when you look back onto it, but, yeah, you, you have to kind of remember uh, where, how you felt when you saw the movie the first time, when it was fresh. And well, and there are some good performances in it too. Like Alan Alda is really good, uh, or excuse me, Alan Arkin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Diane Weist is funny. The 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 neighbors, uh, the, the the neighbors that come in and have cameos are are pretty good. Like every character is kind of weird and bizarre in their own way, but Edward's kind of different in, in the sense that he's he's just an outsider from that group. But everyone has their own weirdness and shit going on. Uh, I. I don't know. I, 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 there is some funny moments to it, but yeah, it's not like, you know, it's it's Saturday night. I got to sit down and I'm just going to go down nostalgia lane. I don't know if this is the first movie I'd go to, but if I'm making a list, it's hard for me to leave it off. Yeah, for sure. Uh, anyway, uh, moving on to uh, Harris, let's go back to you for uh, your number two favorite movie. Yeah, so we covered mine. I had Ed Wood and Finding Neverland. Were there any others that we, that oh, we missed yeah, that you want to touch on? Uh, Hammond, do you have any? Because I definitely have one more. For what? Yeah. For best. Do you have another one? Yeah, I have another one. I have Fear and Loathing was my third one that I was going to oh, do. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have that as well. Uh, but I have that as um, as uh, underrated. So uh, what, what about hmm. Fear and Loathing do you appreciate? Well, we just watched it last night, Harris and I did. And to me, it's another one of those iconic Depp roles. There's one that's more iconic. I'm sure we're talking about Pirates. But to me, that's just one of those movies I think of uh, his name and it it's kind of synonymous with it. And that movie, there, he's pretty funny in that movie. I, I was la- like, it, it, it's pretty funny. Um, Johnny Depp's a funny dude. Yeah, and, and it's like a dark humor, and he's got a lot of like nonverbal, weird, physical, you know, he's got to act like he's you know completely screwed up the entire movie. Uh, but yeah. it just, it's really engaging and funny. Oh, I got the drunks. I got yeah. the drunks in the punk. Yeah. There's my, there's my lawyer. I think he's moving. I think he's a moan. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> just mumbling uh, through the whole movie. Yeah. Was it uh, but uh, yeah, so if you think about how he works a lot with Burton, another director who is very similar is Terry Gilliam, and that's who directed this movie. So it makes a lot of sense that they would eventually find each other to work on a project. 
Uh, and yeah, this movie, especially what we, so again, the state of mind that you, in which you saw it when you first saw it, we were in high school, maybe kind of the first time ever even around people doing drugs for the first time. And <laughs> so I, I don't know if you were doing, uh, uh, smoking weed or not back then, but it was just kind of, it was like almost my first introduction to drug culture was this movie. Yeah. And, uh, just, it's a absolutely off the wall a uh, funny movie I, it's unpredictable uh I, and again i i, I have not seen uh, a movie kind quite like this uh since uh and some of the, some of the imagery it, especially him in that vegas bar and every, everyone turns into like lizards or whatever monsters. Or yeah. yeah well and and it's it's just it's depth on screen the whole movie really it's he's on screen almost every second of that movie and yeah it, it, it's just two characters a lot right him Benicio del Toro just yeah. just just doing these bizarre really like sketch scenes of just being out of their mind <laughs> it's just an entire movie it's really all it is so uh, really the weird. movie uh, is very all over the place yeah it's, yeah it's, it's not a great movie by any means I don't think the but. performance is is incredible though. right and the backstories of him actually hanging out for like three or four months in the basement of Hunter S Thompson and Hunter S Thompson shaved his head to, to make it bald, but Hunter S. Thompson actually did it, and them working together and forming a really close friendship. Uh, and, and just, have you ever seen video or heard any Hunter S. Thompson before? Oh, oh yeah. Uh-huh. It's, Depp is dead on. It's amazing. Uh, so, uh, I, I really think he was the, the perfect actor of choice for that. I, I couldn't see anyone else doing it. But, again, it's amazing to think that the guy who played uh, James Barry in Finding Neverland, that same man, is is wiling out in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Yeah, and I, I totally agree with you guys on the performances. It's it's great, but as a as a movie, I'm not really a fan. Um, I I do see it as just kind of like a sequence of random scenes with uh, Depp and Del Toro, kind of you know acting uh, really well, but it's. Uh, as a whole, I just I didn't find it as a good movie, and I think it's more of just like a visual representation of uh, being on a bunch of different drugs. Like each scene is basically I'm like just taking different drugs, and then like crazy stuff happening, and uh, you know the psychedelic nature of it all. And I don't know, I just to me it's like okay, this is kind of fun to watch, but I don't know if it's that good of a movie. Every time I see someone like crippled by drugs, like even like Leonardo DiCaprio reference everybody drink, but him crawling around in that scene uh, trying to get to his Lamborghini yeah, Wolf makes of Wall me think Street. of fear. Yeah, yeah, in Wolf of Wall Street, mm-hmm. makes me think of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. It's just like how he can't move, he can't walk. Sometimes he's just like gripping the wall and. Uh, when I think of just people wasted, that's one of the first images I ever kind of came to. So, uh, I, I gotta agree with you though. It's, it, it is a, it is a bizarre movie, but I just really appreciated that performance. Uh, the other one that I had on my list was Donnie Brasco. I think it's, a, it, it's probably in terms of his movies, if you're going movie, movie, uh, I, uh, I would pick this one as probably his best one. What do you guys think? So I rewatched this one also, and it's 90s era gangster movie, right? Which 90s were kind of like sort of the era yeah. of gangster movies. There's a lot of these ones coming out. Goodfellas, Casino, Craig. And uh, yeah, that movie starts really poorly to me. Um, 
the first like 20 or 30 minutes when I was rewatching it, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe like I remember liking this movie so much. And it definitely gets better as it goes on. Um, but they kind of almost brush over like any backstory and they're like, all right, let's just get to like the, the inside gangsta scenes. And yeah, that's what the people want. Yeah. And it kind of seemed like it was playing off the other like popular gangster movies of the, uh, of the nineties. And, um, I, I thought that like the dialogue at times was trying like way too hard to be, eh, we're going to say, forget about it every 10 seconds. And let me explain what forget about it means. And, Forget about it, forget about it, forget about it. And I was just like, Jesus, come, yeah. come on. Fugazi. You gotta forget it. Yeah. You're yeah. a fugazi. Yeah. It's a fugazi, it's a fugazi, it's a wazi, it's a woozy. Uh, I, uh, I, I disagree with you, man. And, and this, this, this one, um, I, maybe I'll give you that it starts off and it gets right down. You, the, the movie starts off and he's in that diner already. And we dive right in. Do you really want... Say Scorsese takes this movie and he makes it four hours long, and you get a whole hour of the backstory of him getting the case, him doing the research, then putting the pictures up on the bulletin board, him rehearsing what he's going to say in his first moments uh, when he meets Lefty. Do you really want all that, Jordan? I'm just saying the first 30 minutes felt like half-assed. Like, let's just get through this so we can get to, like, I don't know, the inside gangster scenes and, like, brush past, like, any backstory. Like, people know what's going to well, happen, what, so what let's just What more backstory there. do you want? I mean, he was just sitting know. in a bar, and he was he's an undercover FBI agent, right, trying to infiltrate. And as the movie goes on, they kind of throw some lines in there to say, like, he'd been doing this kind of thing for a while. Yeah, trying, they but... do it. They they add a line in there to give you some context with his wife's like, you know, you said this is going to be three months. We've been in here for two years now. Right. That's the backstory. But that and comes, he, like, he, he re- halfway, three quarters through the movie or something. In the beginning, it's just sitting in the bar, and they're like, hey, who's this guy? Is he a maid man? And it's like, yeah, I know him. I can vouch for well, him, it and then he's in. The in. Perspective, it puts you in the perspective of the gangsters, where it's like, yes. you know, I, 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 I just, I, for okay. me, it's, but how for do me, you... it's a, uh, it's a movie at its core, and it's, and this isn't, this is kind of unique to this movie at the, at its core, it's about two guys that form a really, really strong bond and friendship and love for each other, and that need each other, and at the end, that's why it's really compelling, is that, Donnie or uh, Donnie Brasco, Joe Joe Pistone, doesn't want to give up his friend, and this guy is vouched for him, and, and there's a life on the line here, and it's and it's somebody that he cares about, uh, and and at the end there's that mutual uh, respect and admiration uh, from Lefty, and he even tells his wife if Donnie calls, tell him I'm happy it was him, and uh, there's that really great scene where he's taking the jewelry off and he leaves kind of the the uh, drawer half open, but I think that connection that that friendship piece is uh something that doesn't really play in those movies a lot and it's really not about violence and they really they don't spend a ton of time there is some violence of course but like they don't spend a ton of time dwelling on that like some of the other movies and they really spend the time in the relationship and that's why i really really appreciate the movie yeah but still how do you rank it compared to goodfellas and casino and I don't know whatever else from the nineties. I appreciate. I honestly appreciate this more than Casino. I think it's right on par with Goodfellas, just because of the relationship element. And and Pacino, this is like the last of the good Pacino. This is like great yeah. Pacino. Yeah, he's on really his good turf. Pacino. He's on his. He's on. He's on his. He's on happy turf, man. He knows what he's doing. He and 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 again, like it's a down and out Pacino. It's like guy trying to st- still struggling to make it in the mob game despite his age I, I, I just love that kind of dynamic 
Uh, and I think Johnny Depp is, has a really nice measured performance. I, I, I really like it. Yeah. Again, if you would have asked me to pick my two best before I had the chance to rewatch movies, I'd have picked, uh, Donnie Brasco and Edward Scissorhands. Those are the two that I was expecting to be my two favorite. And as I rewatched, I bumped both of them from my list. Um, maybe that's just, you know, time and place type of thing. So, um, yeah. All right. Well, uh, well, now that we've got some of our, our favorites in the books, let's talk about the poop. And, man, looking at the, the right side of this filmography, uh, it's, there's, a, <laughs> there's lot a lot to, to choose, choose from. from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's get into them. Uh, Hammond, let's go with your uh, – because I, I, I'm pretty sure I know where Jordan's going to go. Hammond, let's get into <laughs> your least favorite Johnny Depp movie. Well, I will say in this, I have not seen any, like, Mordecai, any it's of these true. new awful movies. I have not seen movies. a lot of the ones. They're yet. so bad, I haven't even tried to see them, or it would waste time I watched Mordecai, them. ironically, uh, back in 2015, just because it, the trailer was so bad, and it got such bad reviews. Me and Greg watched it just uh, ironically. But, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, so I don't know. There could be worse movies than this, but... Uh, the tourist to me was a disaster. I remember watching that movie, <laughs> yeah. just being absolutely flabbergasted how dumb it was and how bad Depp was. I've got that one. And as well. it just uh, there's that ridiculous so, twist at the end. It's that movie is so bad, and he's the so twist bad that it. He, that he actually did get face surgery and <laughs> yeah. he is the sexy yeah. guy. <laughs> it's just how dumb do you think the audience is? Honestly, oh, that movie man, made a the, bunch of money. Uh, it's so I think. Did that well, start, because that was like beginning of the end for him with this stuff. Then he just started piling out these kind of movies. Well, because he's coming out of so 2011, or excuse me, 2000. Oh shit! So it's been a while. It had been a while, but he was still a really big star at the time. So this movie came out in 2010. So Public Enemies, like Sweeney Todd, he's still kind of riding that wave. Uh, this was the beginning of awful, and it was also like peak uh, Angelina Jolie. So it was kind of this like. Man, she's made some bad movies, but um, yeah, and, and this was the, the famous line of uh, when um, he got kept getting badgered at the Golden Globes by Ricky Gervais. Oh yeah, yeah. He just kept going. Have you actually, Johnny? Have you seen the tours? Like, like just <laughs> yeah. getting in his face about. Yeah, that movie was. What, what was the plot again? It, there was no plot. It's like a heist movie, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's like, like a that. heist movie. He had he. I don't, I don't know if like, he stole. He thinks, like owed a bunch of taxes or something. So like, the Scottish government was after him. Well, I'm but sure he was able to to relate to that character. He, he ended up yeah seriously. Uh, then he ended up stealing like money from a mobster and they're in Italy or he something. He had the surgery to change his face, and then there's this whole like bunch of random chase scenes, and in the end, all I in the end it's like oh yeah that that is him plus. Yeah. He left, like, a check for all his back taxes in the safe. So they were like, debts are paid. Let him go. Yeah, and that was it. And here's, and he's like, by the way, Angelina Jolie, this is me. I just have a new face, which is Johnny Depp's face. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because she, she's in love with Johnny Depp originally, right? Uh, yeah. And she's also a cop for something. It doesn't make sense. But then she falls in love with this other guy who happens to be Johnny Depp with the face surgery. How funny is it that he's really good friends with Nick Cage? Nick Cage yeah. was in a movie called Face, face Off. Off. Yeah. And then he later is in a movie where he's basically takes someone else's face and puts it on his own face. I think yeah, I think I remember hearing that they like filmed that movie and they were like, Oh man, it's trash and then they just like scrapped it and then refilmed it in like ten days and we're like, Whatever we got, we got, let's just go with it. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, they loved it in Japan. 
Made a lot All of right. money. So, uh, so Jordan and Mike both had tourists. Uh, Jordan, what was your second least favorite? Well, it's uh, my first least favorite, which is uh, Secret Window. And with I, a bullet, yeah. Yeah, was yeah. Quite the moment. Maybe, maybe my least favorite movie of all time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, I think the three of us saw this together. Do we you did. remember? We did. We saw yeah, it in the did. theaters. Yeah. And we were hype. Yeah. yeah, it was Johnny Depp, man. I remember we. It was we, like we had some six l- months after Black Pearl came out, so everyone was just like, Johnny Depp is the greatest actor that's ever lived. And around this time, we were having some late night, you know, conversations over beers about like how great of an actor Johnny Depp was, and we were excited for this movie. And I was so personally offended by this movie that like sixteen year old me, like stormed home, went onto IMDb, and like wrote my first ever review on the message boards. This will because, not stand. Oh God, I gotta go comb them. I gotta find this on the message board. I tried to look it up, and they they don't have message boards anymore, so it's been lost forever. Because I really wanted to know what I said. But I wanted the world to know that, like, I was such a smart teenager that I knew how bad this movie was and that nobody should ever spend money or have to... Yeah, you were trying to help everybody out. Yeah. Was, you were, you were yelping before, you, before Yelp was a thing. But protect your eyes. But both... I, the, the, the thing I remember most about that movie is within the first, like, ten minutes, they basically tell you that it's, like, a split personality movie... And then the twist mm. at the end is that he has a split personality, and it's split, just split personality. Yeah, it, and it's like it was so obvious the whole movie, and it's. It, it, besides that, it was just trash. But both that movie and the tourists, the 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 stories and scripts are just so bad. Like, what what did you think was going to happen doing those movies? Yeah, it, I, I just don't yeah. understand it. Yeah, it's also a total paycheck movie. Like this guy, very early in his career, when he probably could have used the paychecks, was making really unique decisions and then he like you didn't need to do pirates of the caribbean and then six months later do this awful movie unless he really thought the script was super great but there's nothing in the movie that challenged him artistically it doesn't seem i i I honestly don't understand it he does give it his all though right like he's not like that's you don't watch it and think like oh Depp's just mailing it in he's like pretty into it and it's just man that movie's just hot trash that's why I said in the beginning that I, it, he earned all this fame and money by taking all these different roles and having a variance in like the characters he plays and all that. But I mean, some of these movies like just just execute on like a normal movie. I feel like he just does like those movies are just bad. Those are bad decisions. You should not do those movies. He got just a taste normal, for normal good movies. Yeah, he got a taste for yachts and mansions, man. And you got you got to fill up that cup. I think that's uh, actually a Johnny Depp line where he was like, "Make another Pirates. Let's fill up that cup." Well, I, he's gonna. Okay. Cup's gone. All right. <laughs> so to to keep us moving forward, I had one more on the list, which was Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I just it was a movie that didn't need to be made. I didn't like any of the new decisions that they made. It's another Tim Burton reference here. But uh, he took a shot. You, you miss 100% of the shots you don't miss, or 100% of the shots you don't take. But uh, I really think that his, like, Michael Jackson, uh, Willy Wonka uh, wasn't really fun. Uh, I, I could kind of see where he was going with it, but uh, I, I just didn't I, – I really, really did not like the tone of that movie. I, I really think that the Oompa Loompas were – very disappointing uh very cgi uh, i i i was i i really did not like the new charlie in the chocolate factory that he did 
Yeah, if you're gonna uh, remake a movie and you're gonna make it worse, it's it's never a good thing. Yeah, like an all timer, like a classic. Like if they, what are they gonna remake? What was he gonna fucking Tim Burton remake? Uh, uh, what the hell's the movie? Wizard of Oz, and is he gonna be the fucking scarecrow? And it's like, you know, don't give him any I, ideas. Yeah, that's true. Sorry, I'll I'll let it that out. But uh, just you do an iconic movie, and 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 you you know they took a big swing, they made a lot of money, but in my opinion, it was uh, artistically trash, yeah. garbage. But so when, uh, and then yeah, what were you two? What were, what was your second? Um, and then I had um I had that, and I also had anything after Black Pearl, <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean. All of them. I kind of listed them all oh, as yeah. one. Yeah, we should talk about Pirates of the Caribbean, though, right? Because yeah, isn't that technically his most iconic movie, right? It, yeah. It, okay. Uh, which is very telling of his career, I think. I think it's very symbolic of him to have his most telling movie be like a Disney pirate movie, where the stakes are pretty low, and it's just kind of a fun family action movie. And it's just like I don't know, this isn't really that impressive to me. Just because his first he's doing movie that. was actually good, it was fun, it was fun and he was great in it. We just didn't need all the other ones. Yeah. yeah, and it's well, yeah, he, he has like six more, but uh, I really liked the first one. It was Gore Verbinski, and and I thought the cast was really well done, and and Keira Knightley. I I don't really care about Orlando Bloom, but he was fine in it. Um, it it was it had great pace. I thought that the action scenes were pretty fantastic. I thought his character, his choice to do the the Keith Richards, you know, kind of movement because uh it was a really kind of cool idea. He's like pirates of the t- of their time were rock stars, so I'm going to choose the most rock star guy in Keith Richards and the movement was really fun and Jack Sparrow again, very funny. He was a very funny guy. Uh I I I I think that that's a great movie. And yeah. TNT rewatchability, throw that shit on right now. Let's yeah. party. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a fantastic character that he created, right? I mean, that's I it's hard to always like guess what kind of framework he had to build that character, but I just assume that that's like Johnny Depp being Johnny Depp and he came up with that and um yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be the one that I think he's most associated with uh you know, at the end of his career. Yeah, just that movie. Well, yeah, and it, it was a bold choice. Mm-hmm. It was a like you know he, he that that movie could have been played very by the numbers, just yar pirate. Um, but to kind of take it and and throw some of the things he was they the the big joke of that was that he always was certain they were gonna fire him or like force him to change something or fight or be fired, and they to to their credit they they stuck with it and they 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 thought what he was doing was pretty special and they were rewarded with. Great reviews, seven other movies, and uh, Oscar nominations and the like. So, tons of money. Yeah, tons of money as well. Uh, so let's go to underrated performances real quick. Uh, do you guys uh, have any strong feelings in terms of underrated? We'll go to Hammond first. I do. I think Black Mass is pretty underrated. Oh really? I do. I do. I think these are the kind of roles, especially this movie's peppered in with a bunch of other garbage movies he did. I feel like this was at least a better decision. He got some some love for it in terms of like nominations and stuff. I think there's some Golden Globe. Uh, I have to look it up. But I mean, the way they talked about this movie, they said that he did a good job in it. I, I, the dinner table scene. Remember the scene where he's just saying. Right, and he's like just very saying gets you 15 of life in Alcatraz. Just saying. Yeah, and we always talk about this. It's the scenes, right? The scene. It's like the scenes of the bar to me and. The really, really good actors have scenes like that in every movie, and that doesn't have a ton of those, I feel like. It's more just the whole act of 
of his character, and that scene just reminded me that he can still do that sometimes. And, and I saw it a couple months ago on a plane. I was like, oh, you know, this is this is this is okay. You know, a lot of people should be talking about this instead of the fifth Pirates movie. Well, there's two things I had a problem with with Black Mass. One is that the character sounds exactly like Boston George from Blow. And it must be just like all of his characters, kind of anyone from Boston is just going to kind of sound like this, you Mm -hmm. know, and like, uh, so Whitey Bulger sounds like this. And uh, let me go, I'm going to go do Boston George for you. All right, now I'm Boston George. You know what I mean? It was all like very, for me, it was like, oh, that's just, that must just be Johnny Depp's uh, Boston voice. Uh, (laughs) After that, um, I thought the most interesting part of that was that the FBI um, liked Whitey Bulger so much and they wanted to get the Italian mob that they protected Whitey uh, for the sake of the Italian mob and in, in the wake of that that was like where the story was to me was the, the, the FBI like protecting him and that ruse but instead like you can't make him that's who like the focus of the movie should have been on was like the FBI agent and not Whitey Bulger mm-hmm. in my opinion but once Johnny Depp signs on well you've got to like they kind of pivoted the story to, from what I hear about the production, they pivoted the story to make it more about Whitey Bulger and less about the FBI fucking up. And so then you just get kind of your run-of-the-mill Boston, or like mobster movie, which we were kind of talking about. And so there's there wasn't nothing like, kind of there was no special hook to it, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, yeah, I would have liked fair. to see more. Yeah, yeah. More from a character Boston. standpoint, though, there is that aspect of he... He could snap at any time. There's like an uneasy sense of this guy's a maniac, but he's smart. And I did feel that. And I just thought the role was engaging. That's always what I based this stuff off of. Well, there was a feeling of like Depp's back. Like, there's like, like, oh, like finally, like Jeff's had this like run of like eight years of awful. And like, that was the first movie where you're like, okay, he's not terrible. He's, he hasn't completely lost his mind. He still has like skill. In sure. There. You guys agree? Yes. Yeah. At the same time, The Departed is a way better movie about Whitey Bulger. And I think. Uh, Jack Nicholson was kind of amazing in that. So they're, they're different yeah. movies and different roles, but uh, I was just kind of underwhelmed by it. Hundred times, yeah. It's, it's what yeah, it is. and also uh, you know Leonardo DiCaprio's in that. Everybody drink. Yep. So my underrated movie was Benny and June. Have you guys ever seen Benny and June? I have not. I haven't seen it. So this movie he made. Uh, early in his career in 1993 so it was the first thing he did right after edward scissorhands and it's i'll just give you a quick so it's about this guy who is taking care of his sister uh played by uh mary stewart masterson and she's schizophrenic and he it's this like it's and she's uh his or she's his sister and he um, ends up losing a card game, like a local like card game that he plays with his buddies. And he has to take in this guy's cousin and like watch after this guy's cousin for the summer. And Johnny Depp plays the cousin. And Johnny Depp's this kind of like oddball, uh, like loves Buster Keaton. Uh, he's kind of this like really shy, kind of quiet introvert. Uh, but he does all these like uh, almost like Charlie Chaplin, uh, Buster Keaton gags because he's this big, like, silent film fan. Uh, and it's just these two kind of uh, odd people finding each other and falling in love. Uh, it's it's a really, really cool movie. It's a, it, you know, it's a, it's a 90s romantic movie. But uh, it's the part, like, Johnny Depp's acting, it's almost uncastable with anybody else. Like, I could not see anybody else 
Because, again, Johnny Depp is so great at communicating without words. And all of the, the really fun little things he does in that movie, he'll, you know, he'll do, like, street tricks for the kids. And uh, you kind of got to see it to, to know what I'm talking about. But really, really, really good movie. And uh, one that no one, a lot of people haven't even seen. And uh, that's kind of the definition of the underrated piece to me. So. Yeah, that makes sense. I have to watch that because there's a few of these I haven't seen. I read online that Crybaby is a big, like, cult favorite of his. People. Oh, it's a musical. Yeah. yeah. I, I've only seen big some I've never seen it. it. I've never seen it. But a few of these seem like early on the 90s ones. He's got some Arizona Dream. I haven't seen that. There's a few of these Jordan, I, I got to see. Yeah, Jordan, do you have uh, an underrated? Yeah, for me, I kind of went uh, more towards the underrated movie route as opposed to underrated performance. Uh, and uh, for me, that was The Ninth Gate, which is a movie oh. that's from, uh, I think it's from like 1999. It's like late 90s. Yeah. And it kind of looks like it's from like 1939. And I don't know if that's intentional, <laughs> uh, but it just seems like a, an old movie. Um, if you've seen it, I don't know, maybe you've, you can understand what I'm talking about, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's actually Roman Polanski. Yeah. Uh, and there's something about it that's kind of like, I'm not going to say it's, it's definitely not a great movie, but it's kind of intriguing. It's almost like Da Vinci Code before Da Vinci Code was a thing. It's this weird sort of supernatural thriller piece together, the clues kind of a movie. Um, and you know, it's engaging. I think it's different. It's kind of refreshing in that sense. So, um, it's, it's not one that I would tell people like, you got to go watch the ninth gate, but if you're sitting around with nothing to do and you want to throw on a debt movie, you know, the ninth gate's not a, not a bad option. It's a TNT rewatch. That'd be a TNT, TBS. Yeah. I agree that it's, it's definitely one that doesn't get a lot of shine, but is, it's a bizarre, bizarro kind of watch, but also entertaining. Uh, so yeah, we gave the people a couple of couple of go give it a streams there. Uh, so so if, you, if you feel like you know Dap, try to diversify yourself, diversify that portfolio a little bit. Uh, nice guys. So we're gonna get into alternative casting to bring this home. So I'm going to uh, first list off some of the and his list is ridiculous for some of the stuff that he was rumored to be in. But I'm going to list off some things that he was uh, originally rumored for, and then we're also going to talk about who we, characters we think he would have uh, played very well. So, first, um, he went. Uh, he was rumored for Sam in Ghosts, so Patrick Swayze's part in Ghost. He was originally rumored to play. Uh, he was originally rumored for Jack Dawson in Titanic. Don't mm-hmm. know how accurate that is. Uh, Christian Slater's character in Robin Hood. Uh, Dr. Ian Malcolm in Jurassic Park. Uh, he was also rumored for the leads in The Rocketeer and The Crow. Everyone just wears crow outfits because they want to look hot. Halloween. Um, he was uh, Tom Cruise's role in Lestat in Interview with a Vampire was originally supposed to be Johnny Depp, which makes sense with the long hair and, and the, the gothic weirdness. Uh, Charlie Sheen's character in Platoon, he originally had auditioned for at least. Uh, then there was a bunch of stuff that ended up going to uh, uh, Keanu Reeves that Johnny Depp was uh, rumored for. So Johnny Utah in Point Brank, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, uh, Jack in Speed, and Neo in The Matrix were all originally supposed to be Johnny Depp movies. Uh, Neo, wow. I said that, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, instead of Brad Pitt, they were looking at uh, Johnny Depp. Andy Dufresne in Shawshank. 
the 2003 Hulk, which went to your boy, Ed Norton. Uh, then uh, a bunch of... There are three different roles in Pulp Fiction. Uh, Pumpkin, who was played by uh, Tim Roth. Uh, and then uh, Butch, who was played by Bruce Willis. And then the Eric Stoltz uh, druggy uh, adrenaline needle guy. Originally, uh, uh, Tarantino was thinking about having Johnny Depp do that part. Uh, Doctor Strange in the Marvel movies. Uh, and then Charlie Chaplin, before Robert Downey Jr. got that. Uh, and then uh, also Bloomquist in The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, the American version. They were looking at him for it. Uh, and uh, finally, Jerry Maguire was originally rumored to be a Johnny Depp. Movie. Yeah, so basically, so his basically name's every been movie tied to every yeah, relevant yeah. movie. Every relevant movie. Yeah, yeah, any, any good movie in the 90s. <laughs> was, his name was, uh, was being Johnny quoted. Depp's name was somewhere in, uh, attached to it. So uh, with, with some of those in mind, uh, uh, we'll start with you, Jordan. What are uh, what's all your alternative casting here? Yeah, I thought he would have made a, an interesting Jordan Belfort in Wolf of Wall Street. Wow. <laughs> that is you an know, interesting one. Yeah, you know, it's kind of a, you know, Sort of a drug-fueled, manic person. You're right. And That's really Johnny cool. Depp does that, does that well. You, uh, so, yeah, I mean, you've got Blow, you've got, uh, uh, you got Fear and Loathing there. You know, got de- definitely a dude that's been around an opium den before. Uh, but yeah, I could see him doing the '80s lose a slick back Harry. He, he does a good New York accent from Donny Brasco. I really thought he nailed that accent. So I could see, I could definitely see him playing that. Uh, Hammond, what about you? So I read that before he became an actor, Depp was a musician. I think he dropped out of, out of high school to be in some band, and then he moved to L.A. and then became an actor. Same story. I would like to see him in Walk the Line and do mm-hmm. Johnny Cash. and That's a really good one. Do yeah. something with all the talents he has and then do a biopic of more grounded, like someone that we could all look at and, and assess a little better. It would have been really cool to watch that. Although I thought Joaquin Phoenix is really so good. good. I know. I know. That's the difficulty is replacing him. No, but yeah, say Joaquin was busy doing something else. Uh, the one thing about Joaquin that I didn't jibe with as much was that apparently Johnny Cash was like a really big man. He was like a six foot, like he was like a big guy. And Joaquin Phoenix, in terms of just his presence and also his, his figure, and Joaquin Phoenix is kind of a, a smaller, slight guy, and, and Johnny Depp's very tiny. So I don't know if I don't know how much he would have, but but I think just in terms of the scene work that went into that movie, I could definitely see Depp being very good in that, for sure. Yeah, would be cool to see. Uh, one that I had was the first one that I really liked on the list of of rumored was the Charlie uh, Chaplin, just based on all the stuff that he did in Benny and June. Uh, I could very I could see him playing that character very well. Have you guys ever seen the Chaplin movie with Donnie Jr.? No. I don't think so. It's really good. It's really Donnie Jr. is really good in it too, but I could I could see Depp, especially cuz Depp has a really great English accent that he did in Finding Neverland. Uh he's normally pretty good with accents, mm, but Scottish. uh I could see him I, I could see him doing Chaplin really well. Uh but I had Brad Pitt's character in uh 12 Monkeys mm. based on the work that he did with Gilliam. I thought uh that kind of like spaced out freakish like uh bizarro and and i think he fits into the gilliam world really well uh, in those universes i i think that that would have been a fun one for depth to take on yeah my first uh when i when i was searching for alternative roles the first thing i did was just look up brad pitt's filmography because i kind of figured like you could just sub 
depth for Pitt in a lot of movies. Swap him out. So I kind of had that same thought process. Yeah, and Glorious Bastards, I could see him doing. What about uh, uh, the dude Jeffrey Lebowski? You think Depp could have made a good uh, oh, dude? Oh, for sure. That's another good one. Jordan, it's, you're on fire today. But it's so hard to see anybody else besides Jeff Bridges in that role that it's like hard to even uh, imagine somebody else doing it. But yeah, yeah, That's a hard part of this question is taking out the person that's that iconic and good already. Yeah, I was also sure. thinking about Downey's role in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, having him do that. Oh, yeah, that's that would be a good one, too. I could definitely see him doing that. That was the other one I thought of, too, but I'm just thinking of movies that are already killing it just replacing people for no reason it's almost like let's pick one that's not that's not as great but there's a reason why we yeah. thought of it i agree i agree uh very good very good ones guys i i think you both are, are big winners uh, but uh any any final call outs any shout outs any movies that uh did not make a list but were very hard to uh to to take off that we didn't hit yeah, uh, we haven't talked much about Blow. Yeah, where do you put Blow? That was my question too. It was it was number three. I love Blow. I that's his uh, best movie, I think. It just is a movie to rewatch. Well, you guys, I like this this phrase TNT rewatchability, which is the first time I'm hearing it, but I I, I instantly understand what that means. <laughs> and I think Blow is his most rewatchable movie. Yes, it's yeah, just I agree. Yeah. enjoyable and fun to watch. George Young. And uh, I remember, I remember when I looking to see when he got out of prison. So George is, is out there. I hope he's a listener. But yeah, uh, sure yeah blow is, blow is, and it's great. And it's, yeah, I, I, it was hard for me to to, to take off, but uh, I, I wanted to find a place for it. Uh, I just, I, be, I didn't put it over Benny and June for underrated performances because uh, Benny and June just no one's seen. So it kind of epitomized underrated more to me. But uh, blow is is just a, it was a great movie. Yeah, we didn't talk much about Eden Gilbert Grape either. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, just in terms of his performance, it's he's so deadpan in it, and he's good. He's servicing the part very well. Uh, but it's also a Leo just, movie, not a Depp movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's I mean, Leo kind of steals a lot of those scenes. But you know, Arnie, his buddy Arnie, is gonna turn seventeen. Wow. <laughs> There's not like a lot, not not a lot going on with Depp there. But uh, yeah, he uh, I I do really like Gilbert Grape as a movie. It's it's very good. And it, yeah, that's like that was a scissor hands right into Benny and June, and then what's eating Gilbert Grape? Then Ed Wood. Like was, that's that's really early on in his career there. Yeah, he also did Dead Man with uh, directed by Jim Jarmusch, which uh, I hate Jim Jarmusch and all his like overly artistic garbage that I've seen him do. So I just kind of want to crap on that movie for a second. Yeah, take a take a real quick check. I also uh, wanted to give a shout out to Sweeney Todd. I really like that movie uh, a lot, but um, you know, just kind of isn't outstanding enough to, to make any lists in either way. But I, I did like Sweeney Todd. You guys said you didn't though. Not really. It's, well, I just uh, don't. I, I don't not like it. It just musicals aren't a thing for me, and I, it's just not fair for me to assess those. See, for me, when it comes to musicals as films. I think the the musical aspect of it, the singing, has to like add to the movie, not distract from it. And to me, the best parts of Sweetie Todd is when they're not singing, when it's actually <laughs> that's a, a film. good point. Well, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's a good what point. I mean. The song, the, all the songs me. are just like, all right, let's get through this so we can get back to the movie. Right, right. What's the plot well, here? He's just done... talk it. You have to sing everything. Yeah, he's done too because he was also in uh, Into the Woods very briefly, uh, but he's done two of the Sondheims. 
Yeah. But I don't. I I I really like that musical a lot anyway, uh, and I think it was a really if they were if Burton were ever do a musical, I think that was a good choice for him to do. It, it fit the wheelhouse really well. And I, I found it enjoying. Yeah, I, I didn't mind the songs as much, but I'm also a big fan of the songs. So I like Nardog's um, version better. That is true. Very, very good. So thank you. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll wrap it up there. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming back on. Wait, hold thank up. You. So what? It's a case for right? Are you making a case for? Oh like, yeah. For me, it's you know the the way I see it is. If you had to sit down, if someone forced you to sit down and watch all of Johnny Depp's movies, every single one of them, are you okay. gonna are you gonna make the case that it's a worthwhile thing to do or not? Yes, I am going to make a case for it being worthwhile. I think the positives far outweigh the bad. It's it it's fifty fifty, and I think he's been on a really bad streak of the last probably ten years, with exception to Black Mass. But uh, I would say early Johnny Depp is still icon status, man. I, I think especially you know you, you, you gotta you gotta give you gotta throw love to some of the ones that we mentioned and, and, and throw love to the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Yeah, he the, the first you one. have to give him a lot of credit for how prodigious he is with these different roles and like you look at his IMDb, it's just. When movies come out, 91, 93, 94, 95, 97, 98, 99, 2000. I mean, this, for, yeah. for 20 years, he's been putting a movie out every year, and they're really diverse and different. For me, well, and if you're gonna mm-hmm. if you're gonna take big swings, you're gonna get big misses too. Right, right. And I just think there's a level of the only like criticism is there's a level of a cop out to just doing constantly weird movies where that could be the case instead of just doing more normal movies where you can more easily assess that, oh, well, it was this crazy character decision or I don't think he does well in real settings then, which is why the movies that are, are in a real world context are, are my favorite movies he's done that are good. Yeah, but if you're sitting someone down, man, and you're making them watch Dark Shadows, Lone Ranger, <laughs> Transcendence, Into yeah. the Woods, yeah. Mordecai. That's some bad. Oh, man. Yeah. That's, I've definitely jumped that's off. Torture. I'm no longer excited if Johnny Depp's name's attached to a title. I no longer get excited. For that release I, it, it exists now in a very nostalgic sense until i'm proven otherwise i agree well, with you, know you who's, on that. this is a total random thought but who's doing a better job at this than depp is is tom hardy he can do random movies and it's much more memorable to me and maybe that's just in the moment we'll see later on but yeah it's like we'll, we'll see if 15 20 we'll, years down the line if, if if hardy's still making those choices or not right, i hope he is right. i really that'll be a litmus test if this is because you know 20 years from now i'm like but these movies aren't that good watching them it'll be the same same scenario where it's just a guy who could who could do really famous movies i mean that's what Depp's doing now but for a stretch there he was just doing as many different roles as possible really commendable yeah, I just hope 20 years from now, I, Tom Hardy does a movie and I can understand something that he says. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a different issue. Have him put on a mask. Yeah, there's there's not a lot of uh, Johnny Depp masks. and you know, I don't know if that's for or against him. But Jordan, are you going to make a case against him then? Yeah, I don't know, man. It's easy to say, like, take the first 15 years of his career and sit down and watch those movies. If there's a... If I'm looking back at a... a 14 year old Jordan Harris and I'm trying to get him into movies and I'm like go watch all Johnny Depp's movies I don't know I don't know if that would uh, that would sink in with me so uh, it's a tougher one to me I mean 
Yeah. For, for us being film lovers, anybody who's out there who enjoys watching film, you'll enjoy Johnny Depp's You should uh, watch the career. movies. You should watch his movies. Yeah. If you're trying to sell somebody on uh, getting into something, I'd, I'd pick somebody else. I'll, I'll put it that way. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, he wouldn't be my first choice, but I appreciate the originality. You always get extra points for taking chances. I think Hollywood could use more risk takers. Absolutely. And oh, yeah. Yeah. the fa- he, he doesn't really do it as much anymore, besides like bullshit pirates 9 10 and 11 but well, and you wonder would... if there's if there's a young actor out there who's trying to you know emulate uh johnny depp if that person even has a chance to do that or if it's like oh you're pretty good let's throw you in the next marvel movie yeah yeah i don't do this variance in movies you couldn't even do that now i don't think yeah i agree i i i, I hope they look back and and saw the commercial success of some of those off the beaten path movies and and i hope audiences are open and willing to find them again instead of some of the things we've had the last couple summers absolutely cool well thanks for uh for reminding me of that jordan and uh i'm going to play you guys off now with uh some michael bolton captain jack sparrow songs so uh from my buddies in denver thanks for doing the research and coming on and having a great chop uh thanks mike and jordan all right man see you dude all right and we'll uh talk to you guys soon have a good one bye A mystical quest to the island of Tortuga Raven like sway on the ocean breeze Yeah, that was kind of weird, but we're back in the club Buying up the bar so the groupie show us love Motherfucking ice man, I'm the top gunner Heat all blast, I'm the number one stunner Watch your girl, cause I ain't your Mr. Nice Guy More like the meet you, take you home and fuck you twice yeah, yeah. All dressed up with nowhere to run I know I'll make you feel crazy with now the back to the good Say hell yeah, come on. Captain Jack, what? Johnny.